We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome in to the National Signing Day edition of the State of Recruiting. I am your host, John Garcia Jr. It has been a marathon, not quite a sprint, but we have made it. We have crossed over to the tangible. Damn the hypothetical, slow down with the he's going to do, they're going to do. No, no, no. We've gotten to the tangible. We've gotten to they did or did not. We're going to dig into both ends of that spectrum, of course, for you today on the state of recruiting, a part of the CFB Nation family, wherever you are consuming this, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, please hit the notifications, rate, subscribe, create that following that we want to build so we can get this content to the next level and really dig into interactive episodes with you. I cannot wait to get this audience in front of me. Let's get some back and forth going so I don't feel like I'm just talking into this uh, little cheap camera on top of my monitor. It's going to be an interesting episode. I I had a lot of different approaches to this. You know, I'm, I'm very much... Uh, a hypocrite, right? I On one end, I am very calculated. Hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. This is my plan of attack for, for whatever the task at hand may be, whether it's a state of recruiting episode, an entire day of National Signing Day coverage at Sports Illustrated, which we just uh, completed. It was basically 24 hours straight. Whatever it is, I, I've got that element in me that like, all right, let's dig into the details. Let's game plan it. Let's go execute. But then I've got this other side. That comes from, uh, you know, the the deep roots, right? The Caribbean, uh, the African peninsula or the West West African continent, I should say. The deep roots allow me to go off the cuff. They allow me to go kind of wherever. And that roaming, do people still say roaming? I, I used to say roaming a lot because of the, the cell phones. 20 years ago where you would get charged if you were kind of outside of this zone, they would charge you basically to continue to have cell phone service. It was kind of a brilliant scam 
for, for those in, in power at the time. But when I roam mentally, some good content comes out of it. And it's a little bit more raw and natural. So in trying to prepare for the signing day reaction show, because you can go a thousand different ways, right? There's a bunch of different reaction shows. You can Google on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wh wherever you're listening. You can go find other folks opining on what just happened to the future and, and the present, really, of, of college football heading into 2023. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I had kind of a fork in the road. Do I go with that structured, we're going to do X, Y, and Z? Or do I kind of go open-ended? And I settled on a compromise because I, I do like to fancy myself somebody who is, is logical and can put common sense together. I'll put them both together. So I'm going to do the National Signing Day Superlatives 2022 where the planning will be just the category name. My notes, if I could show you, of course, they're digital. They're on the computer screen next to the monitor. They're just a few things written down. NSD superlatives, categories, five different categories. Nothing else is written down. And I think that's the perfect compromise here because there was so much going down. Um, I, I fired off a tweet about 24 hours ago, right, right before all of this began about chaos. You know, I used to have on my whiteboard here, team chaos written down basically for the entire, uh, final stretch of, of the recruiting cycle. Um, because that's really what I expected for national signing day. I, I typically expect that. So I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm this, um, great prognosticator but this year it just felt like more was about to go down um my my tweet my tweet was uh one second here it was uh 12 o'clock midnight december 21st so 13 hours ago quote welcome to nsd 2022 where team chaos shall emerge undefeated End quote. I'm not the biggest crystal ball, make a prediction kind of guy. Those of you who really know me can dig into that with maybe a smirk on your face simultaneously. But I nailed that one. I'm, I'm going to 
pat myself on the back a little bit. I nailed that one because Team Chaos not only did what I thought it would do, it did more. It worked overtime. It put in the triple-double, if you will. And it was right out of the gates. So the first category I have written down here in superlatives is biggest surprise. Which direction do you even want to go for biggest surprise? You can't just go in in one direction. You've got a tangent. And right after 8 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday, we started to see the big dominoes falling, right? Austin Novosad committed to Baylor, in-state Baylor, the, the first Power 5 school to give him an offer about a year ago, commits to Dave Aranda and company, emerges as an Elite 11 guy, starts to get all the flip overtures in the summer, right? Notre Dame took its shot. Ohio State took its shot. Texas A&M, where he had some family ties, took their shot. And he said, no, thanks. Stuck with the Baylor Bears going into his senior season. Has a great senior season at Dripping Springs High School. And about 48 hours before the dead period kicks in this month, Dante Moore looks like he's on the way out at Oregon. He, of course, eventually flipped to UCLA. So Dan landing in the Ducks pivot to Austin Novosad. The first moment I saw that information come through, I said, oh, well, if he said no to Notre Dame and Ohio State and Texas A&M, he's going to say no to Oregon, right? That was, again, that was logic. That was the, this happened, A happened, plus B mixed in equals C, cause and effect. No, no, no. This this is close to signing day. This is a lot at play at the last minute. So right at 8 o'clock, boom, Austin Novoselic. Quarterback out of Dripping Springs, Texas, flips from in-state Baylor to Pac-12 Oregon. And if there was ever a preface to what the rest of the day would be, I think that was it. Because from that moment, literally from that moment, 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so you're talking 5 a.m. in Eugene, Oregon, they started rolling. They absolutely started rolling. So from that moment, Oregon was telling us, hey, the Ducks are going to be the biggest surprise on the positive end on National Signing Day. And all the Ducks did was flip Austin Novosad to repair the glaring hole at quarterback in this class of 2023. And then I think an hour later, they flipped Peyton Bowen, another kid Long committed to another school. Of course, it was Notre Dame. Committed for about a calendar year to the Irish. And again, going into signing day, we knew Oregon would be a hat on the table, but we also sort of viewed it as just that up until Tuesday night where it felt like, okay, hey, maybe Oregon's got a, got a bigger chance than we're giving them credit for. But really... All the chatter, if he was to defect from Notre Dame, which, by the way, the latest intel I got when I when I went to sleep briefly Tuesday night into Wednesday was Notre Dame's battling back here. There's a real chance that this ceremony is all for naught, and it's just going to be, hey, I'm sticking with Notre Dame in the end. And if you watch the video, which is probably worth its own podcast, 
<laughs> reaction podcast, I should say. Watch Peyton Bowen commit to Oregon. He first picks up that Notre Dame hat, and there's a different feel at that moment versus when the shock was created by by revealing that really awesome black and pink uh, Oregon Ducks hat uh, in celebration, uh, not in celebration, but in recognition of breast cancer awareness. Very contrasting reactions there. And I think that was the perfect symbolism, a symbolic moment relative to what just happened. Denton Geyer's best player, no disrespect, Jackson Arnold, Eli Bowen, uh, Yates, who's going to LSU. Denton Geyer's best player is not only, you know, abandoning his commitment to Notre Dame, which had been a year long, the school we all thought was the top threat to Notre Dame, Oklahoma, which traditionally recruits the state of Texas incredibly well and has his good buddy Jackson Arnold committed Uh, and and those two had been recruiting each other to their respective schools for a long time. That school, which, by the way, is, uh, according to basically everyone, is is where his girlfriend is going to attend, if not uh, she she attends there already. Not that school. He's not flipping to that school. He's flipping to the Oregon Ducks. So, again, you talk about biggest surprise, and you can view it as Austin Novosad in a vacuum or – Oregon in a vacuum because again they they answer the quarterback question they go get their big fish in Texas oh and by the way they go get their big fish in California shortly thereafter about noon eastern St. John Bosco's ceremony is going down and Mateo Uyangalale is noticeably absent SI 99 pass rusher younger brother of DJ Uyangalale noticeably absent from from the situation we find out he's, you know, dealing with uh, an illness of some sort. I, I don't think it's considered to be too serious. So obviously, get well, Mateo, if you're listening, or even if you're not listening, I wish you wish you well. So the head coach is going to announce his decision for him. At that moment, I'm like, oh, this is going to be USC, right? St. John Bosco, Southern California, all of the the USC stick-to-itiveness in this recruitment. Coaches doing it for him. Yeah, this is going to be USC, just kind of uh, allowing the coach to pick the local school on on Mateo's behalf. Let's get in, get out, confirm, update the story on SI, and keep it moving. No, no, no. He pulls out the Oregon hat as well. So a kid that we thought for for the longest time Ohio State was maybe in the best shape for, more recently thought USC could be in a great spot for, he too signs with the Oregon Ducks. Do you think they were done at that point? Let me let me save you some time here and fast forward. About midnight Eastern, after National Signing Day, Dan Lanning, head coach of the Ducks, tweets out a, a short video of him puffing on a stogie with some ice cube in the background. You know what song it was. Today was a good day. I think that's a bit of an understatement when you're talking about Dan Lanning because he had to replace his offensive coordinator, which in turn meant he had to replace his top quarterback recruit. So he went out and flipped an Elite 11 prospect who was committed to Baylor for about a year, nearby home state, in-state Baylor. He flips flips him, 
at the last minute as the last school in line after he said no to bigger, badder, blue blood type programs. Then he goes and flips the kid that everyone thought they were third for at best, also in the state of Texas. And then Mateo Uyangalule, the biggest name in California among the undecided, he jumps on board too. He'll be the next great defensive lineman, we think, at Oregon. But that wasn't it. Oregon flipped another Notre Dame player, or Notre Dame commitment, excuse me, and Jaden Lamar, the running back. They flipped Dalen Austin, the cornerback from Long Beach Poly, longtime LSU commitment. He flipped to Oregon as well. Oh, and by the way, as the day went on, noticeably absent commitment signature hadn't come in yet. As soon as we recorded this podcast, jury on Dickey, the top commitment now with uh, on, on offense with Dante Moore out the door. Jurion Dickey announces he has also signed with the University of Oregon. So you retain the bulk of your commitments. They did lose one. We're fair and objective here. Caleb Presley flipped to the Washington Huskies. He's a kid from the state of Washington. This was something that was bubbling up over some time. Uh, So Kalen DeBoer and company did pull one back from Oregon. But every other way you can slice, digest, ingest, decipher, break down signing day relative to the biggest surprise. It has to go towards the Oregon Ducks or Peyton Bowen in a vacuum. You know, I think those can kind of work in conjunction. And yes, I'm aware as, as the day turned into Thursday, December 22nd, the letter of intent for Peyton Bowen has yet to be sent in to Oregon or anywhere else. That's interesting, yes. Could it be a leverage play? Could it be a simple, hey, we just we have three days to sign and we just wanted to do the commitment and then we'll sign and we'll go from there? I'm not sure. I don't want to speculate. Kid's been through a lot. Again, just watch the, the video of Bowen making that decision and the reaction from his family, from his audience all together there at Denton Geyer. And I think it'll tell you a bit of a story. And it contributes to why this is the biggest surprise of of National Signing Day. Individually, collectively, it's the Oregon Ducks in in a bit of a runaway. But that's a story for another day. The the, the letter of intent is a story for another day. Um, As far as we can track it right now, Peyton Bowen flips his commitment, verbal commitment, from Notre Dame to Oregon. All the other players we talked about with the Oregon Ducks did sign that national letter of intent. So if if one subcategory here or superlative is biggest surprise, you know what I got next? We got to be fair and balanced, right? What's the biggest non-surprise from National Signing Day 2022? How about the team that came in number one, bolstered that number one class even before signing day, and then just added more ammo to that that group it's Alabama the biggest non-surprise was that Nick Saban has rolled in with that number one class for the last six months on SI they just flipped Caden Proctor from Iowa to make 10 SI 99 commitments on board for the Crimson Tide and all they did on signing day was add a couple more SI 99 recruits 
in the Carver-Montgomery duo of James Smith and Quay Rousseau. So they're keeping two of the state's best defenders home, which normally you would just say, yeah, well, okay, it's Alabama. It's a priority defensive recruit within the Yellowhammer state line. You're going to get them. Don't, don't assume. Let's not assume on that regard. The best player in Alabama for my money to this point, Peter Woods, Thompson High School. Uh, Alabaster is not very far from Tuscaloosa, much closer than Montgomery and Birmingham. Some of these other cities that we talk about kind of pipelining up to Alabama. Peter Woods signed with Clemson. He committed way, way, way back in the cycle and never wavered. Bama was, was steady on his trail in the process. To Marion Parker, pass rusher out of Central Phoenix City. Clemson bound as well. Just kind of quiet, right? It was it was just kind of quiet. To Marion Parker, off the board to the Clemson Tigers as well. Keldrick Falk was an Auburn-Florida State battle. He ended up flipping from Florida State to Auburn. And Hugh Freeze, by the way, which had a nice day. So these great players in the state of Alabama, Kelby Collins, Bama wanted to flip him from Florida. He stuck with Florida. So it it wasn't the Bama lock pipeline that it typically is, especially on the defensive side of the ball within the state line. So it was pretty critical, actually, for Alabama to land this duo. Now, they had some front seven commitments from the home state, obviously, right? Yonzi Pierre is an electric pass rusher. Um, they had Hunter Osborne from Hewitt Trustful already on board. I mean, look, it's it's it was the number one class coming in, so it was solid. And obviously, out of state, you've got Keon Keeley and some others. But in state, you kind of needed those two to reemphasize and reestablish that even in the seventies now, you still got to go through Nick. You still have got to go through Nick in the state of Alabama or for your top defensive recruits. You want to go, you know, have the number one class. You want to go project as a number one type class. You got to go head to head with Nick and you got to beat him more than he beats you. And that's just hard to do. So in, in one respect, they needed that buzzer beater on signing day, that, that package deal buzzer beater of James Smith and Quay Rousseau to reemphasize that. But on the other side, I think it's a good lesson in, hey, let's not assume that it's a shoo-in. Like, like I've said on this pod, I said on Lucky Lefty and some other shows, we can't use the lock phrase anymore in recruiting. We just can't. There are no locks. I don't care if you're, you're a legacy recruit. Uh, you know, your dad was the star. Your grandfather went there. You still live there. You love it. All that's off the off the table. Um, it just feels like the lock button, the lock phrase, the lock label on a given coveted recruit. Obviously, you know, your second, third tier recruit, you've only got a few options. Yeah, of course. You can consider yourself a lock if you're afforded that opportunity. But a truly coveted James Smith, Quay Rousseau type pass rusher, defensive lineman, Keon Keeley, David Hicks, players like this, it's really hard to to be considered a lock at any point 
of the recruiting process. So I think Bama winning those two recruitments simultaneously, a bit of a reminder, a bit of a you know refresher in, in some of that lexicon, but also, hey, they still got to go out and do it, um, and, and, and they did. So Alabama up to 12 SI 99 recruits. So 12 of the top 99 players in the country right now are headed to Alabama. No one else is in double digits. I believe uh, nine is the next best number. So yeah, it's it's a runaway number one class for Alabama, which is our biggest non-surprise, right? They were number one coming in. They kind of extended that lead over number two, Georgia, which had a really nice day um, in and of its own path, right? They flipped Kyron Jones, the running back who is committed to NC State. Georgia got Daniel Harris back on the commitment list, the corner from Miami, a Gulliver Prep, long, lean, ball skills type player. They got him back on board uh, to complete their secondary class. Um, and, and look, Georgia, they just they just find a way to win late. I mean, Kirby is a closer. You know, that's just something that they've always been able to do. So not only do they shore up those two positions, they go out and get Damon Wilson, the pass rusher from Venice, Florida, to pair with um, the other pass rusher they got recently in Samuel Mpemba, which they both uh, inked in the black and, and red today. Just an unbelievable pass rusher class to pair with the best linebacker class in the country. So, yeah, Georgia, more of the same in that regard. So that one-two combination of, of Nick and, and Kirby Still pretty prevalent on the recruiting trail. So we've hit biggest surprise, Oregon slash Peyton Bowen. Biggest non-surprise, Alabama and Georgia. Coming in 1-2, coming out of it 1-2. My next category is one I've never talked about following a National Signing Day. Remember, National Signing Day, first day of the early signing period, Wednesday through Friday, kids can come off the board. So for the first time in doing a superlative audibly following a national signing day, I've never had this category up, but I do today. It just says TBD. That's our third superlative to go over. TBD, meaning to be determined. There are still some items to be determined. And you could throw the Peyton Bowen letter of intent or lack thereof into this category, but we'll skip it since we've already sort of addressed that. The biggest TBD coming out of National Signing Day is the number one corner in the country not signing a national letter of intent. Cormani McLean, verbally committed to Miami still, yes. We know Bama, Florida, others were trying to get involved there. Still committed to Miami like he did in October, but no letter of intent into Miami. And his mother broke the news. There was a 10 a.m. ceremony at Lakeland High School where a lot of the great players for the Lakeland Dreadnoughts were going to come off the board. Janoris Wilson to Oregon, Shadarian Harrison to Pitt, etc. Tyler Williams is already there at, at Georgia. So Cormani McLean was going to sign with with Miami and the 10 o'clock ceremony had a Cormani McLean cake decorated in 
white, green, and orange to reflect Miami. There was a sign that said Cormani McLean, go Canes with some exclamation points underneath his like name tag on the table where he was assigned to sit. Cormani didn't show. He didn't go to the ceremony. And it's ironic because a year ago, during the early signing period, I remember tracking the Collins Hill signing ceremony. I had a a coaching friend who is on that staff. I said, hey, uh, when's the show starting? And, and is Travis there? He said, yeah, they're pushing the show back because Travis isn't there. So Travis Hunter, that was kind of the, the final nail in the coffin last year to tip us off. And, hey, he is not following up and following through with Florida State. Of course, he ends up flipping to Jackson State when he does get to that delayed ceremony at Collins Hill. Now, I don't want to say this is the same thing. It's just ironic that the number one corner for the second year in a row has a little bit of drama with his letter of intent. Of course, Dion thrusts himself back into the conversation. So once that news broke out, uh, Dion Sanders and company had some type of communication with Cormani McLean. That much was confirmed. But not much beyond that. So uh, here we go, right? Here we go. Committed to Miami. Uh, there were rumors. Remember, before he even committed to Miami, there was a lot of Florida buzz for Cormani McLean. A ton of Florida buzz to the point that it was the expectation going into his verbal commitment. When he committed to Miami in front of that same crowd, it was kind of crickets. People thought he was going to do the okie doke where he put on the one hat and throw it off like Peyton Bowen. No, no, no. He put on the Miami hat and that was it. He was committed to Miami. And then people were like, oh, like delayed reaction. Oh, yeah, congratulations. So that's how much of a surprise Miami was at the time. So now fast forward to signing day and he's not signing as planned at 10 a.m. And it's like, okay, here we go. Is Florida potentially benefiting here? Uh, we, We just talked about Dion. Can they try to get involved and pair him with a Travis Hunter who has since confirmed? that he will follow Dion from Jackson State to Colorado. Imagine that corner combination for at least two years, right? Travis Hunter, just a, a true freshman at this point. Or what about Alabama, right? No pure corner sign. It's really the only weakness in the class. Bama doesn't have that true corner on board as we record this. They're in it for Desmond Ricks uh, later this week. Um We'll see with Cormani McLean and, and, and others, maybe the portal. But Bama was going to get an official visit during the season. It didn't happen, which at the time looked like a reaffirmation of the Miami verbal commitment. But you always wondered, is, is Bama going to strike out with Cormani McLean? Will that visit go down? He's got the allotment. That's a story for down the line when the dead period is no longer here. But as of Wednesday, Cormani McLean has not signed with the University of Miami or anyone else. So his mom took to Twitter at 9.36 a.m., so 24 minutes before this presser was to go down and said, false alarm. There will be no signing for Cormani McLean today. Sorry for the inconvenience. Cormani has not publicly commented on the decision. I don't want to say his decision because we don't know all the circumstances as of this recording. Uh, But he did make a a, a brief Instagram story post where he just said, hey, you know, 
don't worry about what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I you know, I got a lot going on kind of thing. Uh, so he has <laughs> reemerged uh, to some degree and said, hey, uh, I, I got it. So we will see what that looks like, because on one hand, you've got folks saying, here we go. Dion's getting involved. Giddy up. And then on the other hand, you say, oh, this is just a bit of a delay. And he'll sign with Miami on Thursday or Friday, which is perfectly normal in this uh, early signing period window. Obviously, until something happens there, there's going to be an angst and unease in Coral Gables and an intrigue just about everywhere else because, uh, again, it's only the number one corner of the country. So the TBD on Peyton Bowen, something to expand on at a later date. The TBD for Cormani McClain, we got to talk about right now. That is a huge, huge deal to at least optically have the number one cornerback in the country on the market. And this is, you know, the, the number one ranked defensive recruit overall at SI. He's the number one ranked non-corner in the or non-quarterback, I should say, on SI. I mean, this is not a, you know, nice piece. This is a centerpiece to your class. And I think the Cormani McLean commitment was the beginning of the run we, we've kind of continued to see with Miami, which had a nice signing day. Other than Cormani McLean not signing, retained uh, all of its other top commitments. There was uh, you know, some contention and question as to uh, if a few of them would sign. And then they went out and grabbed Damari Brown over Alabama, another corner, American Heritage legacy recruit. They won that recruitment and got the signature uh, as well, which now we have to add as a caveat. Every time we talk about winning a recruitment, it's like they officially won the recruitment with the signature, not just a Peyton Bowen or Cormani McLean verbal commitment. So otherwise, Miami had a really nice day. But, 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 as long as Cormani McLean is unsigned, that will be going forward the primary story to follow in college football recruiting. So TBD, for the first time ever, everyone, that's a category we're talking about as a superlative to track and uh, dig into. So fascinating to see in that regard. Okay, the last two categories of our superlatives following National Signing Day 2022, we're going to roll them in together because they belong together. It's the yin and the yang, the up and the down, the night and the day. Winners and losers, winners and losers, blanket statements, who won, who lost. It's not about the signatures. It's not about the feel coming into signing day. It's not about the final ranking because there's some losers, quote unquote, on, on, on this list that have a top 10 recruiting class. So are you a really, are you really a loser or is this just relative to the microscope that is national signing day it is so keep that in mind as we dig through the schools and potentially name your team like comment and subscribe especially comment on on these parts of the state of recruiting podcast okay it's getting late let's dig through this ladies and gentlemen the winners big shocker drum roll the oregon ducks big winners on national signing day as we mentioned uh, picked up Uyangalale and Bowen, uh, flipped Novasad from the Baylor Bears, flipped Dalen Austin, flipped Jalen Lamar, 
held on to jury on Dickey. The only loss was Caleb Presley in all of that. Any Oregon Duck fan in the world, no disrespect to CP, would have taken that in a heartbeat if they knew it was even a remote possibility coming into National Signing Day. So Oregon, huge winner on NSD. We mentioned the biggest non-surprises, Bama and Georgia finishing one and two. They obviously deserve their shine, their spot on the winner side of of the column. And then there's some first-year coaching staffs that I thought had a nice day. Uh, Deion Sanders in Colorado did it a little bit more in the portal than high school, but they did still pick up some nice high school commitments, including Adam Hopkins, former Auburn commitment out of Georgia, two-way guy, could be a receiver, could be a defensive back. I like him a little bit more on offense. I think it's a little bit more natural, but he has the instincts, length, and ball skills to project as a nickel type or safety type on defense. So I thought Colorado had a nice, decent day. And I thought Auburn, hey, Hugh Freeze, man, say what you want about the man. He can recruit, and it's tangible. They flipped five or six recruits coming into signing day. And then on signing day, not only did they flip Keldrick Falk, the most important in-state recruit still on the board for the Tigers, outside of the Carver duo that signed with Bama, of course. Not only did you flip him from Florida State and kept him close to home, you went out and flipped Kay and Lee, the cornerback from Ohio State. So the moment Hugh Freeze is hired, if I told you, hey, on signing day, They're under Hugh Freeze going to go flip a Florida State commitment and an Ohio State commitment at premium positions. You'd have taken that as an Auburn fan without blinking. You'd have taken that without blinking as an Auburn fan. So big deal for Hugh Freeze to grab those two uh, signatures, not just verbal commitments. Auburn also held on to some guys that were uh, interesting, that were potentially, you know, flip candidates. So I thought it was a really nice day for Hugh Freeze um, and company. And they did more than just that. That that was just the top of the mountain Uh, for them. Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State, they signed an SI-99 recruit in former Auburn commitment, Ashley Williams, out of Louisiana. So going across the country to grab some talent, really interesting. Kenny Dillingham, a young head coach who is going to do things in recruiting. Speaking of Dan Lanning and that Oregon tree, um, he set off a lot of dominoes by taking that ASU job, paid off with some nice verbal commitments during his first national signing day as a, a head coach. couple other winners uh, just to look at in this, this signing day version class of 2023, LSU, top five-ish class. Uh, they flipped the Vandy tight end commitment, Pimpleton, Uh, They did lose out on Austin to Oregon, but that is something that was somewhat of an expectation. LSU had several commits that folks were looking at, and they held on to them uh, as well. So I thought that was uh, good for Brian Kelly and uh, company. Clemson had a nice day finishing in that top 10 to 12 range. Texas A&M, kind of sneaky here. We've been uh, having fun, you know, kind of bashing on Jimbo over the last few months for the slow start, not being able to follow up the number one class with another top five kind of group. A&M's kind of creeping up, kind of creeping up. They've they've had some nice recruiting wins over uh, the last little bit, um, and then they picked up uh, another uh, wide receiver, Micah Tease, on uh, National Signing Day. So, yeah, they're 
they're creeping up a little bit at Texas A&M. They also uh, kept a local recruit home in Chance Johnson. And this is after the, the week of signing day, flipping Marcel Reese. Uh, Reed, excuse me, the quarterback uh, verbally committed to Ole Miss at the time. Jimbo flipped him. They flipped Jaden Platt, the tight end, committed to Stanford. He's flipped to A&M after Florida was kind of the leader there. So nice day, uh, signing day, I should say, for A&M. I thought South Carolina and Michigan TCU also had uh, some nice days on the trail to lock in top 25 type classes. Shifting over to the losers, look, again, this is a vacuum just about signing day itself. I think the Florida Gators are worth an early mention here. Florida stumbled down the stretch. Look, still a top 10 class, 20 signees, good group. Jaden Rashad signed a little bit later than folks wanted. There was a little bit of worry there just for a minute. Jaden Rashada signed, you know, the big fish, the big uh, quarterback get from California. You brought in a great group of defensive linemen uh, and secondary players. You just didn't hit on some of those down the stretch that Florida was supposed to be at or near the top four, whether it was Mark Fletcher, Samson Lola, heck, Cormani McLean, even though the Gators might be back in it. Uh, and going into Thursday, not the favorites for a couple guys that, Florida's high on Desmond Ricks, uh, Jordan Hall, a couple in-staters. They look like they're headed elsewhere in the SEC. So Florida strikes out on National Signing Day and then loses a couple commits along the way. Now, they may or may not have pulled the scholarship offers or rerouted these decisions in the process, but Isaiah Nixon and Tyree Patterson uh, end up signing with Gus Malzahn and UCF. So, again, optically in a vacuum on signing day, Florida, one of the losers to to talk about here. And, and Notre Dame's the elephant in the room, right? We talked about Peyton Bowen as, as the biggest individual surprise other than Cormani McLean's LOI not uh, showing up. Uh, huge loss for Notre Dame. Really no other way to put it. I got some, some uh, Twitter trolls on me because I said this Notre Dame decommitment class is elite, because it is. But it doesn't mean you don't have a great class. This is a top 10 class, 100%. Love the trench group that the Irish are bringing in. I think they're bringing in difference makers at wide receiver. Uh, Jeremiah Love is one of my favorite players that I've been watching more and more late in this cycle. They answered the quarterback question in Kenny Minchie, flipping him from Pitt. This is a great Notre Dame class. But in the vacuum of signing day, losing Bowen, uh, losing out on Lamar, even though it was expected tangibly, uh, still stings a bit for uh, the Fighting Irish. So uh, I thought Notre Dame left a little bit on the table on National Signing Day as well. So they're in the loser category just for the vacuum of National Signing Day uh, itself. A couple other schools kind of limped down the stretch. I thought Ole Miss, even though they added Caden Lee, they lost Neo Avery, the pass rusher from Maryland who flipped to Maryland. And again, Ole Miss was, was kind of limping into signing day anyway. They lost the quarterback. We mentioned Marcel Reed. Uh, they lost a lineman, Xavier Miller, to the Auburn Tigers, one of those Hugh Freeze flips that we alluded to a, a little bit earlier uh, in the cycle. Uh, and, and then Baylor. Uh, obviously, it, you know, you lose your quarterback, your guy, uh, Austin Novosad, your sole nine, SI 99 recruit. Uh, that's not going to play too well. So Baylor does deserve for a brief moment to be 
in this uh, losers category. Although again, they, they picked up some commitments over the last week as well. So we've got winners and losers, our TBD superlative for the first time, biggest non-surprise Nick and Kirby. And then of course the biggest surprise Oregon and or Peyton Bowen. So that's it. That's where we're at. There's so much more to dig into with signing day. There are some great players still unsigned. Desmond Ricks, Jordan Hall, David Hicks, the AM commitment, won't commit till Friday. DeAndre Moore, the Louisville commitment, uh, won't commit till Thursday. Uh, Conrad Hussey, the Penn State commitment, won't commit till Thursday. Can Florida State flip him? Obviously, Carmine McClain, the biggest elephant in the room next to Peyton Bowen. Will that letter of intent come in? Uh, what about Lenore Sellers, the quarterback, long committed to Syracuse? South Carolina looking for the flip there. There's still some very interesting kids who are expected to sign over the next couple of days. And then you've got that other group of recruits that's not going to sign until February. Nicholas Harbor, Deuce Robinson, Walker Lyons, some really uh, intriguing high-level recruits as well. So this is signing day. This is our raw superlative-based recap, but it is not the end, my friend. So a lot to sift through. That was the raw reaction. We'll be a little bit more calculated the next time out, but uh, we certainly appreciate you sticking around and listening after what has been a marathon day. Uh, my clock says it's 1.45 a.m. You might hear it reflected in my voice, but hopefully you don't hear it reflected in my enthusiasm because it was a signing day to remember. We'll catch you at the end of the early signing period. We'll kind of put a bow on it and produce our final rankings for the ESP at the end of the week into the weekend. And then, of course, after that, we begin to look back on the bulk of this class of 2023. We'll dig into the top position groups. Uh, spoiler alert, Ohio State's going to be the receiver winner. Uh, we'll talk about Notre Dame and Miami as the best O-line halls in the class of 23. Uh, Alabama with the best uh, quarterback and uh, linebacker hall compared to Georgia. Those are going to be obvious, but we will dig into the the contenders and can candidates for some of those spots into the new year. If you don't listen to another episode of State of Recruiting this year, I want to wish you a happy holiday and a happy new year. Let's get bigger and better in 2023. College football is great. We love it. A lot of issues, but we love it anyway. Signing day feels the same, and this is one that will be hard to forget. So let's not forget about it, and let's talk about it again on the next State of Recruiting. God bless. Garcia out.
Thank you.